So, boys, I'm officially on Baby Watch. Grace and I are. And we've come to the realization that we need shows that we can just binge watch while we're changing diapers and worrying about our sleeping child. Like, if I don't have something to watch, I'm going to lose my mind being cooped up in the house. And I am literally running out of ideas. We've got only murders in the building, but that's coming out weekly. Like it's freaking 1990 or something. And and past that, I really have no idea. I need shows. I need content, guys. You got to give me something. Okay. Well, are you looking to have mindless television or a sit-down thinker? What are you looking for? Because that's a very important question. I, I prefer the thinkers most of the time, but I'm also a big sitcom guy, and sitcoms are mostly mindless. Okay, well, watch all of Letterkenny. If you haven't watched it, watch it. If you have watched it, watch it again. Um, and then number two, have you guys seen Severance? Grace just said that to me before I started recording. I, I haven't seen Severance, and I do feel like I need to watch it, so that's a great call. I'll give you two options of complete series that I have watched every episode of, okay? And I'm going to give you one on each side. Number one, Peaky Blinders. It's on Netflix. It is an absolutely incredible series. There are times when it gets a little slow, but that's what makes it so great to binge watch because you can get through those episodes and just keep flowing. Great series. One of my top five series of all time. Uh, I'll throw, uh, and at the end, I'll throw in a bonus. Number two, if you're looking for sitcom, Community. And all of the episodes are available for free on YouTube. All of the episodes available free on YouTube for Community. Possibly my, like, my most underrated favorite sitcom of all time. I love that show. And then number three, as a bonus... Another Netflix show, Ozark. I have seen that cover to cover, and it is absolutely spectacular. It's a it's a deep one though. Ozark's a little bit deep. I was gonna but... say we tried we watched like one or two episodes and didn't like persevere through it. Okay, that's fine. And and it's not for everybody. That I understand. But Peaky Blinders, you've gotta give Peaky Blinders a try. It's Peaky, unbelievable. Peaky Blinders has been on our list for a while because what's his face? Killian Killian Hayes, is that his name? Is just like or Killian Murphy or whatever. Killian Hayes. Yeah. Killian Hayes backup <laughs> point guard for the Pistons. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> like freaking Killian Murphy though is in Oppenheimer and he's just so awesome. But can I admit something real quick before we dive in? Yes, you can. I have not seen Oppenheimer yet, bro. You too. Gotta see it. You too. You haven't seen it either. Corey? No, I haven't. I was trying to do the Barbenheimer, and I didn't get my tickets in uh, time. Okay, but here's the thing: I have no desire to see Barbenheimer. Yeah, well, the luster, the luster's gone. It was like the double feature, right? But now, right. everybody that I would have, but, but I have no desire to see Barbie. I just want to see Oppenheimer. And I, I get the whole Barbenheimer thing and people are like, oh, they're the same movie. But I have not seen Oppenheimer. And I you. really, Killian Murphy, Killian Murphy, because of Peaky Blinders, and you will understand by the time you're done watching that series, because I know now you're going to watch it. You will understand. He is one of my favorite actors of all time now. Oh, I, I've seen him. I love Christopher Nolan stuff, and he's in a bunch of Christopher Nolan movies, and he's always freaking amazing. Oh, well, now I'm excited. Now I'm so pumped. He's only gotten better. He's only gotten better. <laughs> love it. Well, you didn't know you were going to come here and just get A-plus TV show recommendations, right? But you did expect to get some Big Ten football. And if you love Big Ten football, then you're in the right place. Welcome to Big Banter, everybody. If you're new here, Make sure you like and subscribe, whether it's Apple, whether it's Spotify. Make sure you hit that button. It helps us out. It's, it lets us know you're there and that you're listening. And, and just show us some love. Okay, show us some love because we want to show you some love too. Follow us on the socials, on Instagram and threads at B1G Banter and on Twitter at B1G Banter Pod. And speaking of showing you all some love in return, Ethan, tell these beautiful, amazing listeners how much you love them. 
People, I truly do deeply love you. And if you're listening to this podcast, God bless you. I just want you to know, we are about to give you some absolutely riveting takes on these football games. So stay locked in and listen. You know, this was the time last year when Alex posted some of the biggest bangers on our social media last year that got uh, literally hundreds of thousands of views on reels. Okay. So stay tuned, get tuned into the social medias. You know, we're about to have some absolute bangers dropping. He's going to be at home waiting for a baby. He has nothing else to do. Okay. So let's get ready. Literally nothing. He told absolutely nothing. He told me today that he watched Captain America, and then I immediately asked him if he worked ever. Like, I, I work. I squeeze in a movie while I'm working, not while I'm working from home. Oh, I'm telling, <laughs> I'm telling Ford. Oh, guys, that was a Freudian slip. And luckily, no one at work knows that I do this. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of the socials, thank you for the shout out. We've got some questions from listeners that we get to talk about. So first question is from SRP5139. Sounds like a computer virus or something or some some code or whatever. But they submitted a question and said, who is the best quarterback in the Big Ten? Is this answer as obvious as I as I think it is? Or am I just seeing things with maize and blue glasses? No, this is this is a pretty straightforward answer as of right now. But I will tell you, Drew Aller is not be far behind at number two. That man is slinging the football. But what J.J. McCarthy is doing at Michigan right now is methodical. It's mature. You look at pro football focus and how they are feeling about J.J. McCarthy and what's happening with his draft status. Hey, folks, look out. J.J. McCarthy might be a top 10 pick in the NFL draft come the end of this season because of what he is showing that he can do. His pocket presence, everything he's doing right now is pretty unbelievable. If he wasn't doing what he's doing at quarterback, and having the outrageous completion percentage that he is, it would be Drew Aller. Because Drew Aller is looking every bit what we were hoping he would be as Big Ten football fans. If you're a Penn State fan, you are elated with Drew Aller. So he is definitely number two in a close number two. But J.J. edges him with experience and just the poise and pocket presence that he's been throwing the football with. I think J.J. McCarthy is the clear number one right now. Have you ever like played a Madden or college football uh, video game and like you're just like completing passes at will, and then like the whole goal of the game is just to is just to see if you can get a hundred percent completion percentage? You ever done that? Because that's exactly what J.J. McCarthy is doing right now, except it's not in a video game; it's in real life. I was thinking about that at the game. Uh, watching it on Saturday, and I'm just like, this guy is as precise as anybody I've ever seen at this level. Or maybe that I just haven't been closely paying attention. But, I mean, the guy is surgical. That one pass that he threaded in between three defensive backs on UNLV, oh, my Lord. That that one throw put him at the top five of the draft. Pro Football Focus was like, I'm going to throw away all of like my advanced metrics and stats and stuff and say, oh yeah, that throw, yeah, you get to be a top, you get to be a top draft prospect now. I don't make the rules. Sorry. That's what happened with Richardson. He did that little spin move thing against Utah. And I was like, that's the greatest football play I've ever seen in my entire life. And look, lo and behold, he's starting for the Indianapolis Colts. And he was the fourth overall pick. <laughs> that is okay. That that is absolutely hilarious, but it's so true, right? Like it's just like it's so true. And I, people, you know I hate to agree with Corey. He's a buffoon. So I don't uh, like to agree with him. But he's <laughs> but he's right. I, I mean, it is just like it, it, I, I have nothing to add. That is that is the perfect summation right there. 
J.J. McCarthy has thrown five touchdown passes so far this year and seven incomplete passes. No, nah, it's five. It is five. I just I just checked. Double check me. Look look at look at his stats so far, but I'm almost positive it's five. Nonetheless, he's thrown only one or two more incomplete passes than he has touchdowns so far this year. The dude's on another level. Now, in my mind, it's him and Drew Aller at in this top tier in the Big Ten, and there's and then there's a very significant drop, and then you get to Talia Tagovailoa. I think you can even throw Noah Kim in that second tier with the way he's been balling out at Michigan State. If Cade McNamara had a functioning offensive coordinator with a pulse, he'd probably be in that second tier. But regardless, there's a big gap right there, and the gap between JJ and Drew is small, but it's there. JJ's one, Drew is two right now. I'm excited to get to the um, to the Washington Michigan State line, which we're going to talk about soon. You talked about Noah Kim. I'm kind of excited to delve into that. So, Alex, why don't you take us right into our next segment? We got one more question, my guy. Oh, okay. Well, then ask away. Yeah, you big we buffoon. Got, we got to please the listeners here. They're taking time out to – they want to hear our wise words. And this one comes from Big Cheese Sports. You can imagine who he's a fan of. His question does the Badgers' dairy raid offense get into full rhythm this last week before conference games start? I'm going to take this one first. Uh, I think the answer is no. You cannot, in three games, have this much of a fundamental switch in your offensive philosophy. It just takes more than one offseason and more than three weeks. Now, that being said, I don't even think that should be the goal for Wisconsin this year to be fully entrenched in the air raid offense this season. That's not how their team is built. A great coach and a great offensive coordinator coaches to the talents of the team. And right now the talent of the team is in the backfield and in Braylon Allen and Ches Malusi. So going to the air raid offense would be a mistake this early. They need to figure out that their game plan in week one was much better than their game plan in week two and go back to using the run first instead of letting Tanner Mordecai throw 40 passes. You ever hear that John Mulaney bit is like where he's talking about like his wife and like why why buy the cow when you can get the milk for free? <laughs> yeah. The only thing I can think about is when he says, anybody got any loose milk? And that's kind of what I'm thinking about with Wisconsin's offense because dairy is just flowing out from the – it's leaking, and it's not good. Um, you've got two – freakishly athletically gifted running backs and they are they were non-factors in the last game you need to figure that out first before you start changing anything else um because i I have to interrupt you just really quick and i'm going to let you get right back on track braylon allen not getting more touches in that game against washington state and we alex covered it so hard in our last episode it's a sin it's an absolute sin. And for you to have a brand new head coach and to have that big of an offensive weapon, Corey, go right back into what you were saying. I'm so sorry, but Luke Fickle, I hate you. Go ahead. No, that's it. If if you don't want to use your just freak running backs, you know, Michigan will take them and, you know, we'll, we'll they'll have a three-headed monster instead of a, of a, of a two-headed monster back there. So, Braylon Allen, come on down. I hope that answered your question. Those are the wise words from the three wise men. Now, let's get into the picks. Week two, baby. I was on one, boys. I told you last week I felt good, and I was scared at how good I felt. I don't know why I was nervous. I went 9-5 and five last week. Corey was sitting right on the fence at 7-7. Seven and seven. Ethan was in a very unfamiliar spot in last place in the picks going six and eight. So for the total, (laughs) total first two weeks, I'm sitting atop at 13 and 11. Ethan is 12 and 12 and Corey is 11 and 13. So only two games of separation between me and Corey. We're all right in a row. It's anybody's season right now. Two games under 500. That's, that's way better than my usual pace. We're, we're sitting pretty good. 
This is why you don't flip the coin. And I have a I, baby. He's he's secretly do, he's got the coin flip app on his phone, so, so he's it's just all up tapping here, it. baby. It's all right here, right right at the noggin. All right, first game we've got one Friday showing this week. Virginia is traveling to D.C. to play the Maryland Terrapins. Maryland in this one, after struggling with Charlotte last last week, they are fourteen and a half point favorites. Uh, I won the week, so I think that means I should go first or last. Up to you, brother. I'll take first swing for this one, and we'll alternate. Uh, I'm going to take Maryland. Virginia might be one of the worst teams in all of FBS, and so I, I'm i a little confused by the 14.5, which does scare me a little bit, but Roman Hemby had a really big week last week, which is good for Maryland to see complimentary football on the offensive side still haven't been impressed with their defense but i think running the football combined with talia and uh and Deitches on the offensive side i think they cover the 14 and a half in this one alex great pick i think that this is going to be one of those picks where it's like okay um i guess i'll take that watch this be a late fourth quarter cover where they end up going up by like 17 or something like that. But I am going to take Maryland. Virginia is a dumpster fire. They are so bad. And listen, I I, I feel terrible for that program and for what happened last season. Obviously, horrible, horrible situation there. But they've got to get the ship righted. I'm going to take Maryland. I'm going to punt the points here. I think they end up covering. It's going to be late, though. This They won't cover until the fourth quarter. Probably second half of the fourth quarter. This is going to be a sweat more than you think, but I think Maryland does end up covering. This is a weird line. I think you guys talked about this a little bit because I could very easily see Maryland like taking care of business, comfortably winning this game and winning it by 14, which means they wouldn't cover. But Virginia has – their leading rusher has 50 yards all season. And what that tells me is that this is a one-dimensional offense, and it's just as bad as being one-dimensional kills you. And if you can only move the ball in one direction, you are not going to move the ball well at all. Even for Maryland, who struggles to have a tough defense, they're going to make you run the ball. And I don't think Virginia is capable. For that reason, yeah, Maryland covers this game. It's going to be close. 17. I don't think it's two. I don't think it's three touchdowns. I think it's around 17 points is what this game will be covered at. And that's our real quick. So all of us are on Maryland. So Virginia definitely covers 100%. Our super locks have not been stellar so far this year. So you're going to want to fade that 1000%. Okay. Next year, we need to make sure we keep a running total of the super locks. Oh, I can. We're only two weeks in. I can go back and figure it out. Okay, or one of us can. At the end of the year, we have to get a a total of the super locks. It has to be done. It It has to be done, and it will be done. It has to be done, so it will be done. We can't have the college game day curse. Those guys are those guys are legitimately cursed when they all pick the same team to win. I I mean, anytime I see Michigan across the board, obviously I'm a Michigan fan. Anytime I see Michigan across the board when they're making their picks, my sphincter is like, oh, I get real, real nervous. Squeeze the cheeks kind of nervous. All right, next one up. Penn State is traveling to Illinois. Penn State just always opens on the road in the Big Ten. I think this is like 13 out of the last 14 years or something they open on the road. But 14 and a half is the line. Penn State minus 14 and a half. Ethan, I'll let you go first. Penn State traveling to Champaign. What do you got? I don't understand this number. I thought it was going to be closer to 20 and a half or something like that. I have absolutely no reason to pick Illinois. And everybody is going to want to bet Penn State in this spot. And it just feels like, oh, I just can't do what the public wants to do which is to take Penn State on the road, opening up Big Ten play. 
But Drew Allard, he's too much. He's too much. Penn State roll to the victory. Give me Penn State, baby. I'm going to take the public here. I'm going to take the money. Let's go. Give me Penn State. I'm going to go against my intuition about this. I'm not, I don't like this Illinois team at all whatsoever. Uh, but if you can remember from last year, uh, J.J. McCarthy in his first full year as a starter, in his first taste of Big Ten play, I wouldn't say that he looked terrible, um, but it wasn't as clean and as sharp. This it was the first opportunity to face a a tough a tough task um, in Big Ten play, and that one was at home. Drew Aller on the we're going to really see how legit this Penn State team is after this game, and we're going to see if you know Brett Bielema can right the ship here with this Illinois team as well. I think Altmeyer had a pretty impressive game uh, against Kansas on the road. Maybe that strikes some confidence. Keep it close. Keep it sweet. On the road, two-score favorite, more than a two-score favorite. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to side with the home team here. I think Illinois finally figures some things out and keeps it close as far as the line goes. Um, but that's about as far as I'll go. Corey, pack your bags and start swimming. You're on an island, buddy. I'm taking Penn State in this one. I think Drew Aller is the real deal, too. And I don't think Penn State's going to blow them away by any means. I think the line is 14 and a half for a reason. But I do think they're going to end up covering in this one. They're 2-0 and so far in just their record. But also, they've covered both of their games so far. So I'm going to take Penn State. I'm going to take Drew Aller. And I think Iowa doesn't have – or not Iowa, Illinois. I don't think they have enough offensive weapons. I, I Biggest thing for me here is I am banking on the fact that I think Penn State is a top-five team in the country. And if I think you're a top-five team in the country, you've got to start covering some spreads. It's like when people were like – this was for the past decade. It's always been – how am I supposed to take Alabama minus 52 and a half events against garbage trash university? And then it turns out, no, oh, they just always cover against those bad schools when they play them. And listen, this is one of those situations where if you are who we think you are, you're going to start covering these spreads and keep covering these spreads. Love that take from you. I swear if I get a backdoor cover again with a Penn state team, I'm going to lose my I'm going to break a computer. I will come on the show and I will rage because this is just sick and twisted. I should be at 500 because of stupid Penn State week one against West Virginia. Garbage. Well, make sure you lock your back door then, buddy, because I, I think it's coming. I think it's coming. I do. I do think that this will be like a fourth fourth quarter cover again. <laughs> for Penn State here, and and Corey's just going to have no fun if that does happen. Listen, he's on an island here. He has a chance to gain a game on both of us. He could very well do it. But if, if it happens in the fourth quarter, I don't want to hear no whining and complaining because I do think that's how it is going to happen. So That's exactly what's going to happen. That's exactly what's going to happen. And I'm going gonna... to whine and complain. I don't care what you say. <laughs> yes, that's all. That's all. Call me Trace McSorley. All right, next game up. Louisville is traveling to Indiana, but they're playing at Lucas Oil in this one. Louisville is minus 10.5 on the road. Corey, you're the Indianapolis native. Number one, are you going to this game? And number two, who's your pick? Number one, I will not be going to this game because I'm going to be visiting my newborn nephew for the first time. Um, so. Yes, and also uh, tickets to this game are like $80. Uh, I'm not going to spend $80 to watch Indiana football. I'd rather gouge my eyes out than pay $80. I think it was – I think I legitimately paid like $80 for my Big Ten championship game ticket at Lucas Oil this past year. Listen, side note, these people in this state are crazy for the Hoosiers – 
and the Boilermakers. It is unreal. I've never seen anything like it. They will pay bajillions of dollars to watch mediocre football and underperforming teams in the in the NCAA tournament. I, I kid you not. I don't understand it. Uh, Indiana is so bad. Louisville's on the road. I don't. I don't care. Louisville trap. Louisville fans travel well. Um, I think this will be just as much as an even split because Indiana fans don't travel to their stadium at all. Indiana bad. Louisville covers. No other explanation needed. I am going to take Indiana in this one. I don't know how much of a home field advantage they have, but Jeff Brom in his last two games against. Indiana as Purdue's head coach blew him out of the water. His first two games against Indiana as Purdue's head coach, tight games, seven point wins for Purdue and sandwiched in the middle. There was an Indiana win. So I think Brom, it takes a little bit for his system and, and his culture to take effect wherever he's at. And these two coaches have seen each other before. So I think Indiana is going to keep this one close enough and I'm going to take Indiana plus 10 and a half. Oh, I hate this game. I hate this game. And both of you make great points. Of course, when it gets to me last, it's to put somebody on an island. And I don't want to do it because I feel like I'm going to be on the wrong side of the island no matter what. And I just I just hate Indiana. I think they're so bad. I think Indiana is absolute dog water. So I'm going to take Louisville and I'm going to punt the 10 and a half points. So you know what, Alex, you're going out on an Island and you're going to have to stay there. Okay. Because me and Corey, we're taking that Louisville train, baby. Come on, let's go hey. boiler up. I mean, wait, yes. Have a coconut out on that Island for us. Okay, man. I'm building fires. I've got a shelter. I'm, I'm fine. He's about, he's about to spell as far as I'm he's, he's Tom Hanks and cast he's about to spell SOS out on that beach over there. No, I'm about to spell L-E-O on this beach over here, baby. That's what I'm about to do. All right, Georgia Southern at Wisconsin. Wisconsin is a minus 19 and a half at home. My turn to go first, and of course, it's for the team that, man, I want Wisconsin to be good so freaking bad this year. I thought it was going to happen. I thought Luke Fickle was going to have this huge effect on this team, and it can still happen. This, This is the thing I keep telling myself. New coaching staff, things are going to take a minute. I think they're going to get better as the season goes along. I've picked them to cover in week one and two, and they did not cover in either week. But I think coming off a bit of an embarrassing loss to Washington State, there were still some positives that they can take away from that game in the passing game. And I think they'll revert back to a game plan similar to week one. I think this is a get right game for Wisconsin against a bad Georgia Southern team. Give me Wisconsin to cover. They got to cover one of these games, right? I'm taking Wisconsin minus 19 and a half. This is absolutely disgusting. Let me just start with that. Like, I mean, does this not feel like Vegas is just begging you to take Wisconsin minus the points? They are begging you. All of the sharp money, this is going to be one of those situations where you like look and it's like, oh, 82% of the bets are on Wisconsin, yet 53% of the money is on Georgia Southern. And you're like, "Uh, those two things don't add up. What's happening? I, I hate it. I hate it with every fiber of my being. I would never touch this game. This is a terrible game to bet. Oh, I'm with you, Alex. They have to cover one of these games. Georgia Southern is terrible. If you don't just take the ball and hand it off 35 times in this game, I'm going to lose my mind. I'm going to lose my mind. Do that, please. I'm going to take Wisconsin. I'm going to punt the points. Please, please, please. Please just win this game like 38 to 3. Okay? Please. Wisconsin, I need you to be good. I hate the Big Ten West. I hate all of the teams that are in it. 
And I, I just, please change my mind. Okay. I, I'm not going to blow a gasket yet, but we're, we're coming close. I'm going to give you a calculated approach. Maybe I shouldn't do this, and maybe this is why I'm in last place, but Buffalo is a better football team than Georgia Southern, and Buffalo was a, like, some crazy, it was like a 28-point underdog or something like that. I think... Back when back when Vegas thought that Wisconsin was going to be good? Yeah. Correct. But I, I truly, I, I think that if you compare the caliber of team, you looked at what happened with the Buffalo game with Wisconsin. How did they eventually gain their rhythm? It was by running the ball. Run the ball against an inferior opponent and just run it until they puke. Take your big, burly farm boys, your dairy raid with loose milk everywhere. Take Ches Malusi and Braylon Allen and just shove it down their throats. You got you gotta you gotta cover this game. Super lock for the boys at Big Banter. We could not have picked a worse game this week to all agree on. This is the worst super lock we've had. Corey Corey, Corey, can I can I just say I hate you. <laughs> I and it's solely because you went last to pick. We were all picking the same thing no matter what. But you went last and you still picked Wisconsin. So therefore I hate you. Alex, you're fine. I wanted to leave Alec I wanted to leave Corey on an island for this one. But Corey, I hate you. There you go. That's that's the analysis, people. So everybody run to the window and take Georgia Southern plus the points. This is what betting and money does to people. You got Ethan yelling at Corey for agreeing with him. This corrupt gambling, if you have a problem, call whatever that number is. I don't know. We don't have to say that on here. We're not important enough. (laughs) All right. Next game up, Minnesota traveling to North Carolina. I'm excited about this one because we never get to watch Drake May play football unless we, like, take time away from Big Ten. So this is super cool. North Carolina is minus seven at home in this one. Ethan, you're up first. Who do you got? This is one of those lines where it feels like, wait, Drake May against Minnesota, and they're only minus seven? Give me Drake May, and I will just easily cruise to a victory. Eh, Wrong. You will not cruise to a victory. You guys, North Carolina is on upset alert. I'm telling you that right now. This This is one of those situations where it doesn't make any sense, and you're just like, why does North Carolina keep having to punt at the 48-yard line? Why does that keep happening? That is that is this game. Why do they move the ball? Why do they get two first downs every drive? And then they punt on fourth and three, fourth and four, constantly. Why is that happening? That is this game. I think this game is decided by less than six points either way. I'm going to take the Minnesota Golden Gophers plus the points. And, boys, I think there's a good chance they win outright. I know they did not cover that spread last week against Eastern Michigan. That was on some bull. Let's just get that out of the way real quick. But I'm telling you, this is going to be one of those games where if if you're going to put a unit on the game, you split it half and half. Half of it Minnesota plus seven, half of it Minnesota money line. So... You guys do with that what you want, and you feel the way you want. But I'm taking Minnesota. Row the boat. <laughs> oh, oh, man. If UNC is going to struggle against App State at home, my goodness, they need to struggle against the Big Ten school. That's all I got to say. I Honestly, Right now, I think North or not Northwestern. Whoa, excuse me. Minnesota is getting a lot of momentum. They're seeing that the big dogs that everybody was talking about taking a step back. PJ Fleck, if anything, is a fantastic motivator. He gets the most out of his players. He's going to have these boys fired up to go into Chapel Hill. Fellas, let's get the super locks going again, baby. We're all about the Gophers. Roll the dang 
boat. I just bought a ticket to a private island, baby. I am taking North Carolina and Drake Bay. Listen, Wisconsin, not Wisconsin, Minnesota is coming off of the best they've looked offensively this year or out of week one and two. They had two running backs who averaged over five yards a carry. North Carolina so far this year, only allowing 2.8 yards per carry. I think North Carolina's defensive line is better than people think. Their defense as a whole may not be awesome, but I don't think we can trust Ethan Kalikmanis Kilimanjaro to... You shut your mouth right now. You don't talk about our man like that. You tell him. You tell him, Corey. Mount Kilimanjaro is the greatest thing to happen to Minnesota Golden Gophers football since... I don't even know. Since Mo Ibrahim last year. I love Ethan too. We follow him on the socials. Ethan, follow us back, my guy. We we love you on there. But oh I'm, yeah, we love you, Ethan. But we think you're gonna get trounced by North Carolina. Blah blah blah. You're a traitor. I think North Carolina is gonna stop the run and get Minnesota out of what they want to do. And I love that North Carolina is coming off of a close game that shouldn't have been close. Give me a good get right game for North Carolina. And they're covering these seven points, baby. They have a dog crap coach. How dare you talk about a senior citizen that way? Dude's a hundred. He's the modern day equivalent of... Pete Carroll? Nope. Penn State. Joey Pa? Yeah. He is he is a glorified statue at that university. He does nothing. Except except dance terribly after they win games in the locker room. Hey, he tries, man. He tries. All right, next game up. The Northwestern Wildcats coming off their first win in the States since God knows when. I think it's like twenty twenty one or twenty nineteen or something. They are traveling to Duke. Duke is minus 18 and a half right now. Corey, I believe you're first up on this one. We love talking about Northwestern. Not. Who do you have in this game? Duke's hot. They got a great coach right now. They're playing inspired football, and they're for sure as heck not going to let some smarty pants, broken glasses, mismatched socks, and suspenders come in there and, and cover this spread. I think Duke plays a fantastic game, and not only that, cements themselves as an ACC championship game favorite. They beat Clemson on the. They beat Clemson at home, made a huge statement win. Do not be surprised if Duke makes it all the way to the top at the end of the year in the ACC. We're going to see some stuff happen. Taking Duke. Mm. This is a tough one, you know. You just, you hate Northwestern. You think they're dog crap. And then they go out there and they absolutely smear UTEP. So does that mean like, you know, they're a respectable program and they deserve to, you know, be picked to cover? No, they're crap. Northwestern, you beat one team. Congratulations for winning a game on U.S. soil, but you're garbage. Okay. You're going to get trounced by Duke. If Northwestern covers this spread, I will pick them no matter what the spread is next week. Mark my words. And listen, this is one of those situations where, again, you're being begged to take Duke. You are being begged to take Duke minus the points. Everyone is going to take Duke minus the points. And guess what? You're wrong, Vegas. Because Duke is winning this game by 21 plus. You can't tell Vegas that. I believe you just did. I just did. Well, I'm going to say it too. Duke Duke has an, a potentially NFL caliber quarterback and a top 10 scoring defense. And Northwestern has a great business school. That's what this football game comes down to. Duke is crushing Northwestern in this one at home. Campus at Northwestern is very nice, too. Don't forget about that. 
and they do have great renderings of what their stadium might be if they still have donors to fund it. <laughs> oh God, things are just falling apart over in Northwestern. I'm sorry. We're we're picking on you guys, man. Bad. All right, next one up. Western Michigan traveling to Iowa to play the Hawkeyes and Cade McNamara. Iowa is minus 28 and a half in this game. I don't know how Vegas keeps putting spreads on Iowa games that they might not even score that many points themselves. I have zero faith that Iowa is going to score at least 28 points against anybody. So far, they're averaging 22 as a team. 18 and a half as an offense, if you take away the pick six. Give me Western Michigan because I don't think Iowa's going to score. I, I can't find a reason to take Iowa in this game, and they keep letting me down, and they keep letting me down. I want so badly to take Iowa in this in this game because this number makes no sense to me. I have so many games this week where it's just like, what that spread makes no sense, which means I'm just going to get absolutely screwed this week, and I'm probably going to go 1-95. in Oh, but if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it in the blaze of glory. And guess what? You're right. Iowa doesn't score points, and they might score – they might need to score 14 points on defense to cover this spread. Uh, And you know what? I'm not going to pick a team to score 14 defensive points. If they do, Merry Christmas. But give – no, no, no. Give me Central – or Western, sorry. Give me Western. Oh, Western's such a bad team. They're so bad. Like, they're they're so, so bad. But I'm going to take Western plus the points. Uh, Do with it what you want. This is row the boat, kind of. <laughs> R.I.P. Row the boat, rip the rip the boat. Uh, this is one of those things. Again, I'm sticking with my logic here. In the Utah State game, their spread was 24 and a half points. That means that they had to score at least 24 points in order to cover, and they and get a shutout. That they scored the 24 points, they did not get the shutout. It's happened the same. It's one of those things. You have to give me a reason to bet a different way, and you haven't. So, therefore, the money is going to go on Row the Boat Senior, um, and uh, we're just going to go with it, super lock, reluctantly. Back-to-back super locks on Duke and Western Michigan. This is a game I might actually be willing to put some money on because – I, I, I'm guessing the public is going to look at this and be like, oh, I was actually a good football team. Look at them. They're undefeated. Oh, they just beat their in-state rival last week, and they covered the spread. Oh. Your team is dog water, and they don't know how to score points offensively. So, I'm sorry. You're giving me 28 points. Was uh, 28 or 28 and a half? 28 and a half. 28 and a half? Yeah. Goodbye. Thank you. Put money on Western Michigan. All right. Next one up. Virginia Tech traveling to Rutgers. Boys, Rutgers is 2-0. and Rutgers is an undefeated football team. Loud Italian noises. Rutgers. Rutgers. <laughs> Rutgers is minus six and a half in this game at home against Virginia Tech. Ethan, I believe you get first pick on this one. No, no, no. Alex, you have to give us your best Rutgers football right now. We're not making any picks until you do so. Rutgers football. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. Okay. Uh, 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 
if you would have asked me that if Rutgers would start the season three and oh, I'm pretty sure I took their over and I said it was because they play Indiana. <laughs> but they are favored to start the season three and oh. I do think they start the season three and oh, but I think they win this game by like two, maybe three points, and it's very close. I, I there is no way I'm picking them to cover that spread. Give me Vautech in the points. Sorry. We're gonna do it, fellas. Rutgers has made me a believer. I saw Virginia Tech. I saw what transpired in the Purdue game. Virginia Tech, no good. They're not prepared for Big Ten football. And when you think Big Ten football, you instantly think Rutgers football. I, you know, I don't know. I think this could be fun. We'll sprinkle a little bit on this spread. Give it. Give me. Give me the. Give me the Rutgers Scarlet Knights and sing us a song. You're the Shiano Man. Cover the spread, Shiano Man. Cover the spread tonight. I did not trust Rutgers last week against Temple, and it was solely based on the fact that they're Rutgers. And they made me pay for it. And I'm not going to make them... Or let them do that to me again. I am. I am taking Rutgers to cover this six and a half. Virginia Tech has one of the worst run defenses in the country. And that is exactly what Rutgers wants to do. They want to run the ball and play keep away and dominate time of possession. I think they're going to be able to do it. I am taking Rutgers to cover. I'm going to go over this week. I'm going to go over. Uh, I feel I feel zero confidence. Uh, one pick I feel confident in. Uh, I wow. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. I thought we were going to have a super lock on Vautech. I thought that was a for sure super lock. And I'm on an Ethan. island. Uh, okay. Ethan's going to be spelling out SOS on that beach drinking the coconuts. Let's go. Sing us the song, you're the Seattle man. Sing us the song tonight. It's going to be a nasty day for Ethan on that island then. (laughs) All right. Next game, Western Kentucky is traveling to Ohio State. Ohio State is minus 27 and a half. Corey, it's a big number, my guy. It's a big number. But does Ohio State have a big performance in them? What do you say? Well, uh, is Bailey Zappi playing for Western Kentucky? No, that's a silly question. He's not playing for Western Kentucky. I I don't know why. I think this is the game that Ohio State figures it out a little bit. I think McCord is gaining some confidence. I think you have Marvin Harrison back involved in the in the offense. And we're playing this very dangerous game, guys. We're, we're, this has been a very degenerate gamblers episode. We've said a lot of the time, they got to cover one of these spreads, right? Right? And I feel like I'm at that point for Ohio State. You got to cover one of these, and it for sure ain't going to be against Notre Dame next week. So this is, this is the ticket right here. Give me McCord and the boys. Congratulations. You covered your spread. I'm taking Ohio State here, too. I think the offense looked better in week two from week one, and now Ryan Day came out and he said Kyle McCord is the guy. So Kyle McCord now gets to go into this game knowing he's the starter. doesn't have to stress about Devin Brown breathing, breathing down his neck. Marvin Harrison came out and had the game that we expected him to, that we knew he was capable of having last week. So, yeah, I think they're working the kinks out, and I think they probably hear some of the noise about people a little disappointed in how this offense looks. So I think Ryan Day might say, you know what? Screw it. Let's throw it to Marvin Harrison eight times. Let's let's throw it to Omeka eight times. And let's just pound Western Kentucky into the dirt and show everyone that we can still put up numbers. So I'm taking Ohio State minus that 27 and a half. I just, I, I just. <sighs> I'm going to go over this week. I'm gonna have the worst week in 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 big banter history. That's what's gonna happen. 
I, I, I think red zone struggles continue for Ohio State. I think that they might get ahead early in this game, something like uh, 21 to to 7 or 21 to 3 or something like that. But I don't, I don't think they cover this spread against Western Kentucky. I think this is one of those backdoor cover situations where it ends up being like Western Kentucky scores something like 17 points. And and you're not scoring enough points to beat Western Kentucky by that many if they score 17. I, I boys, I'm set up for such a bad week here. I I, what I I have to stick with my picks. I have to stick with my picks, and and I'm I'm taking Western Kentucky plus the points. You definitely have to stick with your picks. I will say I'm going to put this out into the universe. We have never between last year and so far this year, we've never had someone go undefeated in a week, and we've never had someone go winless in a week. I'm just I'm just gonna put that out there into the ether. It's gonna sit, it's gonna marinate. I'm just it's there. Now we all know it's out in the open, it's not a secret anymore. Ethan, uh may I suggest to you in your picking woes uh uh a an old faithful uh, trick that I use. Uh, a coin, perhaps. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Next game on the schedule. Washington traveling to Michigan State. Heisman Trophy contender Michael Penix Jr. Who would have thought we'd been saying that? If you would have asked me that two years ago, I would have thought you were crazy, but it's true. The guy is balling out, and Washington has a heck of a football team. Washington is minus 16.5 on the road in this one. Traveling all the way to the other side of the country. Uh, and, and listen, do I do I want to take Washington here? And do I want to say, oh, yeah, they're going to win easy. Look what's happening at Michigan State. Blah, 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 blah. Of course. But you're traveling to the other side of the country. Michigan State gets this at a home game. That crowd is going to be ruckus. And they are gonna they're gonna be out for blood. I think Michigan State is probably gonna take one or two, maybe even three personal fouls in this game that are just letting out some frustration. But Noah Kim has played way above where I thought he was gonna be playing. And who's Peyton Thorne? I I think I think that Michigan State has a legitimate chance, a legitimate chance to win this game outright at home. I'm not kidding when I say that. I know this is crazy, boys. I'm going to take Michigan State plus the points, and it is your lock of the week. Ethan's lock of the week is Michigan State plus the points. I know it seems crazy. I know how could it possibly be this game. You already took Michigan State as a lock of the week in week one, and it covered fairly easily in that game. I'm taking it right here. You're giving me that many points. I am taking MSU plus the points in this game. I don't see that at all. I think Washington is a is a legitimate college football playoff uh, contender in the Pac-12. Just about, I mean, who who knows how many in the Pac-12 being the best conference in the first few weeks here. Washington is just a way more talented team. And I'm not going to forget what I said in the last episode. I do think that eventually once this Mel Tucker stuff is figured out, that Michigan State will play a lot more loose. You're You're getting rid of your coach right now for a suspension, and now you're asking them to play the number eight team in the country. I just don't see this going well at all for these guys, just given all of everything that's been happening, and Washington's legit. Sorry, I'm taking Washington. I didn't want to believe that Michigan State was a decent football team, but they've convinced me. They've convinced me. I get that there's a lot of chaos around the Mel Tucker situation and all that, but if anything, I think I don't think it helps us in terms of the line, but 
I think what we can look to is Michigan State did bring did make a smart move by bringing in Mark D'Antonio, who recruited a decent amount of this team. He's a calming presence in the locker room. He's going to at least get them level-headed to go play this game. And what do we always say? Corey, you always say it about this team. And this program, they love being underdogs. And what is a more underdog situation than welcoming in a top 10 team who's undefeated? You've been counted out coming off a five-win season. And now you get a chance to prove yourself at home with all the noise in the world around your program. But it doesn't matter because you're going to go play football. Give me Michigan State plus 16 and a half against Washington. Let's go! Michigan State, go out there and prove me right. I am telling you people, take $10 out of your drawer, stick it in your FanDuel account, and put it on MSU Moneyline. And do it right now before this before the spread shrinks, because I think before kickoff, this could get down to as low as 15 or 14 and a half. Take it right now, and you put it on MSU. You hear me? You do it now. Let's go, baby. Corey, you're on the worst island of the week. We're on, We're back to where we all began. I am at full Michigan State hater mode, and I am owning it. The Huskies, I'm going to look like a complete fool or I'm going to look like a complete genius. There is no in between with this pick, and I'm rolling with the Huskies. You know what? I'm going to do it, boys. For the first time in big banter history, I'm going to do something that's never been done. I am going to shoot the boot, guarantee Michigan State covers this spread. I will dump an adult beverage into a shoe and we will post it on our Instagram Instagram channel and chug it if they do not cover this spread. You heard it right here, right now. That is my shoot the boot lock. They are covering this spread. I love this so so much. And I'm glad that I'm on your side so that I can cheer for Michigan State to cover. But I'm also disappointed because I would love to see you do that and for us to post it. As this well. is great for me because all I lose is my dignity, which I don't have any. Okay, we're going to move on. <laughs> <laughs> this is the most chaotic episode we've ever had. Northern Illinois is traveling to Nebraska. Nebraska coming off two demoralizing losses. Nebraska is minus 10 and a half in this game. I think Corey is first on this one. Corey, is Nebraska going to bounce back? Are they going to cover or at least win in this game? Or or is it more of the same? No, I think I think they got to turn a corner here pretty soon. Like you said, there's th- those might have been the two toughest games that they could have played uh, to start this season. And I think finally getting home and playing a game in front of those just absolutely loyal Nebraska, that's going to give them a boost of some sort and maybe even create some artificial confidence in, in Jeff Sims if he's the star. I don't even know what's going to happen. I, I think you're going to see some things finally go right for this team. Give me Nebraska, they're going to cover, and maybe a breath of fresh air for uh, the folks in Lincoln. I just can't trust Jeff Sims. If you're going to keep turning the ball over like that, you're going to keep giving up points. And beyond that, let's say Jeff Sims doesn't even come out as the starter or doesn't play the whole game. If you didn't bring out the backup in the second half of the Colorado game, How much worse is the backup than Jeff Sims? If I can't trust the guy who's touching the ball on every play, I can't trust you to cover a double-digit spread, even if you're at home and even if you've got the fans behind you. So give me Northern Illinois to get one or two turnovers that keep this game close. Corey, I absolutely agree with everything you've just said, and I cannot trust Nebraska as far as I can throw them. 
There's just no way that I could take Nebraska in a double-digit spread situation. And yet, somehow, I'm gonna. <laughs> I, I, I just... Northern Illinois is bad. Listen, they have had very, very good teams in the past 10 years. Northern Illinois has had some really good teams. They're not good. They're very bad. I think you have seen flashes in this Nebraska team of what they can be. I think this is one of those games where they come out. And just like against Colorado where they lost, and it was like, oh, well, we finally didn't lose by at least one, by just one score. This was just one of those situations. This is one of those situations where they win by more than two touchdowns. I'm going to take Nebraska to cover the spread here. Bowling Green traveling to the University of Michigan at the big house. Michigan is minus 40 and a half in this game. An absolutely monstrous spread for Michigan at home. I'm going to take the same strategy that I did in the last week and even the week before that. I think Michigan's playing so well that these new clock rules are going to keep them from getting enough possessions to cover a big spread like this. And if I keep taking the underdog in these 35-plus point spreads against Michigan, I think I'm going to win more times than not. So, again, this week I'm going to take Bowling Green. Uh, I'm I'm at the point where I was last year a little bit, and I, I shot myself in the foot thinking, oh, Michigan's going to cover one of these. I'm not going to do that this time solely because there was a point last year where it got to the Hawaii game and they were like a 58-and-a-half-point favorite, and I'm like, that's just absurd. I, I don't – this is one of those numbers that just screams like that's that's too big of a number. No other stuff than that. I think Sharon Moore being the head coach for the full game, that helps um, because there's rumors of him being a head coach anyway um, outside of last year. So maybe they'll click a little – not even like that they need anything else to click on, but um, still, that it's just too big. Can't see it happening. Michigan pitches a shutout. They finally get the shutout they've been looking for. And they win this game 50 to nothing. I'm going to take Michigan. I, 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 I picked against them in week one. I picked with them in week two. Got screwed in week two. I think this is when Michigan finally gets it done. It's a night game. They are going to try and show out in a night game here. I think Michigan, and yes, the, the clock rules really do hurt your chances to cover a spread when you have the offense like Michigan does. But I think they're going to hit some for some big plays. I think you're finally going to see J.J. McCarthy chuck some balls deep downfield. If you were ever, ever, ever going to bet somebody to have two or more touchdowns, you're thinking, oh my goodness, he's going to say bet Ronnie Bell and he scored a bajillion touchdowns. Or Roman Wilson, I'm sorry. No, that's that's not who I'm going to say. It's CJ. Uh, I I think that I think Cornelius Johnson is the person to bet here to have more than one touchdown because I think they go deep in this game. I think Michigan ends up covering the spread. Give me Michigan. Last game of the week, boys. The Syracuse Orange traveling to Purdue. Syracuse. Minus two and a half. The favorites on the road. Do the Boilermakers get to be the Spoilermakers again? I am riding this train until it crashes on the tracks. We talk about this number, what? It's like the two and a half given to like the, the home team just for that. It's the opposite of here, okay? Purdue lost in heartbreaking fashion to Syracuse last year in the Carrier Dome, which is, for whatever reason, a difficult place to play, specifically for Clemson. That seems like a house of horrors. And Purdue goes in there, and they put up roughly the same performance. Not comparing Purdue to Clemson, but just hear me out here. Fellas, bad taste in their mouth. We're riding the train. I think got some confidence going. And uh, no, I don't, I, don't, I don't see Syracuse coming in there and winning this game just don't so let's go Purdue lock of the week 
money line Purdue. Wow. That is that's a take. And honestly, when I saw the line, I thought I thought Purdue was going to be favored at home in this game. And I was going to take whatever points you were going to give me with Syracuse because I thought coming off an emotional win, coming off a big win, I can't wait to take Syracuse plus the points. But you're telling me that they're favored to win the game? I'm like, uh, Syracuse minus two. This is this is really tough. I don't know how you make this your lock of the week. Ugh, this feels so ugly. I, I'm gonna take Syracuse minus two and trust that they win by a field goal. They're they're really only a good team at home. They don't do well on the road. They're traveling to Big Ten country. Ugh. You just, so po- you just made so many points. You just made so many points against your pick. Uh, I, I, and I know that. I one hundred percent know that. I wanted so badly to take Syracuse, like plus one, plus one and a half. Like I was going to be so happy about that. And then I looked and saw that the spread was Syracuse minus two. I don't feel great about that, but I'm still going to take Syracuse. There's a reason you don't feel great. And it's because you can see the train coming down the track. Choo-choo! They are coming, baby. Syracuse is 2-0. and And if you look at just flat numbers, they look fantastic. Syracuse's two opponents so far this year, Western Michigan and Colgate. They've played Rip, Row the Boat, and Toothpaste so far. Purdue is going to be a team with an actual pulse that they have to go play on the road. Give me Purdue. Give me Hudson Card. Give me Devin Mockaby. Give me Ryan Walters. Give me the spoiler makers. You don't doubt these guys at home because when you do, you end up getting bit. Give me Purdue plus two. And <laughs> Except half. against Fresno State. And can I, can I, yeah? Can I change my pick? I I don't know. You said it. You said no, it. No, I, I already I already said it. I already said it. I'll take Syracuse. I'll take Syracuse. I'm on an island for so many picks this week that I feel terrible about. But you know what? I'll probably end up going over 500. So screw you guys. I realized I didn't give my lock of the week in this one. My lock is going to be one of our super locks. Maryland minus 14 and a half is my lock. Virginia is a really crappy football team. I think Maryland, I love picking a favorite coming off of a game where they got down and had to come back. Give me a get-right game for Maryland, and that's my lock of the week. And those are the picks. That's week two, everybody. Thank you for listening. You all have been an incredible week, audience. Week three. Oh, week three. God, I'm, I'm, I'm losing my mind over here. But those are the picks. Those are week three. So, hey, you pick one of the three of us. And parlay everything we said, and you'll be a rich you'll be a rich human being. All right. We'll see who's right. We'll see who has the lead next week. Thank you all for listening. Watch a lot of college football this weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Peace.